Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Arcast. With me today, Simple Gaming Harlequin. Hello. Hello, Mr. Horko. Simple Gaming. I I'm just going to call you Harlequin from now on. That's yes, probably yes. okay. Okay. So tell us a little bit about yourself and the game you're current and the games you're currently working on. Okay. Um, so I'm Harlequin, as you just said. Um, my company name is Simple Gaming, and I'm working on two games uh, the Dungeon Rummage, another Isekai, and the Dungeon Rummage Teaks Escape, so it's gonna be um, a, a whole franchise of games. And the idea was to have like this big game, another Isekai, and smaller games like Teakscape, which will feature different gameplay mechanics. So another Isekai is more like a visual novel Dungeons and Dragons style dungeon explorer, and Tiki's Escape is a turn-based game, as you know. So another game could be more like a old school. Zelda game, for example, which features yet another character you could unlock potential. So that's the idea behind the uh, the franchise. Uh, myself is located in Germany. I'm 32 years old. Had to think a bit about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think. What else is up on me? Yeah, not, not really much else to say. I'm, I'm German. I'm 32. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's pretty Unless much you it. you have any other questions. Mm -mm. Well, I have a lot of questions that we will get right into it but first i would like to implore our listeners to go over to patreon.com slash the and if you like what we are doing to support the podcast thank you and now we're going to ask you a few questions so what first interests me is why did you start i mean it's normal that if you're a game developer, you normally start out with a smaller project, like, for example, Tiki's Escape. Why did you take on the task of, oh, I want to create an entire franchise? Uh, um, actually, the franchise idea only came into existence because I had a downtime on the another Isekai development. Um, I I commissioned uh, how do you say a custom plugin, and I also commissioned an artist for the character arts. And both of them took a while to get things done. Especially the plugin works as a framework for the dungeon system, so I couldn't really uh, go on and create the dungeon further without having a huge headache when the plugin was finally ready then. So I just stopped the development there and to not get too rusty and to do something, I had the idea of making a smaller game which is um, located in the same universe or the same world rather and even the same dungeon and just use that to have a new unlockable character so supporters of the dungeon room franchise could play the smaller game and have a standalone experience but also get rewarded for beating the game by having a code to unlock a extra character and some trophies or whatever in the bigger game so that's how that came into existence in the first place okay that sounds interesting and actually it's a valid reason of doing it, obviously. So if you look at, let's say, let, let's start with Tiki, because Tiki is currently out on Steam. You can buy it there. You can also buy it on Ichio. Um, if, you, if you look at Tiki, 
How long did it take you to develop the game Tiki's Escape? Overall, in like real time, I think it's about three or four months. But I'm not working every day like eight hours, like a full-time job on the game. So in pure development time alone, I would say maybe four weeks. But overall time, of course, then it's like three, four months in total. And... How long have you been in game development af um totally or total? What's your total time developing games? Uh, oh, that is good question. Um I think I started Dungeon Rummage another is almost two years ago at this point. That is a long time. Why did it take you so long? Um <laughs> it's not even not even close to done either. Um I started the another Isekai game basically as my first project. I I had have dabbled in RPG Maker before, like uh, RPG Maker 2000 and stuff, but I never really made anything. I just played around with it like so many people do. And since I didn't have really a lot of knowledge about the engine and the project is so, um, what do you say? Uh, damn it. Complex? Ah, ambitious. Uh, since the project is so ambitious and big in scale, um, it's essentially too too much for a first project, most say. Normally you say make a short game or make a couple of short games to improve your knowledge and your skills with the engine. But I said screw that um, and just went ahead and did that. So what uh, ended up happening is I got new ideas I wanted to implement and then I had to look up how to actually do that and then implement those ideas and over time with the with my skills improving i had to rework a lot of things because i got better in in the way how to do stuff so you go back you you improve or redo big chunks of the game because they are not um up to the standard of your improved skill set so that takes a lot of time but i still prefer that method over making smaller games i'm not passionate about yeah that makes that makes definitely sense um so if you if you could what <laughs> said accuse me for my coughing uh okay no, that's, um so if you i lost my train of thought <laughs> my bad so you've been you've been at it for two years on isekai is that your very first project or did you like make another project before that and did abandon it uh no as i as i said um another isekai is literally the first project i i created when buying mv uh, rpg make mv i have not made any other games before. I have not uh, abandoned any projects before. This is literally the first project I ever created. How far are <clears throat> how far are you along in development with Isekai? How percentage wise? How much is complete? Uh, that's a hard question, actually. Um, mainly because I do not have a set like a plan for it. I I don't have like a, a something where I say this is what I want in the game and that's where I stop. I don't really have that. Um, right now I think you can play ten to fifteen hours before you have seen everything. And the idea was to have it more than a hundred hours. So if you go by that, I would say fifteen. 15% is a rough estimate so it could be less well depending okay. on what ideas I can come up with or what people suggest I could add as features depending on that the game could be much longer too so it's not really set in stone okay when do you think you will be finished with Isekai oh 
That is uh, a similar question. <laughs> um, it will probably take a very, very long time until that is completely finished. Um, mainly because there's always delays. Like right now, my art has like told me, I think it was last week, that they have whatever trouble personally, I don't, I don't know, and that they don't know when they can um, proceed with their commissions from me. So that's delaying stuff because another isekai is very very visual visual novel style <clears throat> which means i need a lot of character arts and character bust backgrounds and monster art and whatnot and if my i only i only have one artist for that to keep the the art style um consistent so that's gonna delay work i can of course make things but they always lack the art and, and are just text boxes so that's not good um and of course yeah 15 percent rough estimate so that's gonna take a long time i would say yeah not this year not next year i would say at least two years from now perhaps two years from now that's still a long ways off that is a long ways off yeah but it's considering that it's a, going to be a franchise as well so there's probably in the meantime while i make another ethikai i will probably go on and keep releasing smaller side games in the same world just like tiki's escape so those will come out um while i keep making another isekai i would say that's fair so you you keep your fans engaged okay damn straight another question why did you start with tiki of all characters giving her her own game uh <laughs> that was actually completely random just um due to the down downtime on another isekai i just thought let's make another game a smaller one and the idea just came up like i needed more characters for the game anyway so just made a new one instead of going for one that already exists it just just happened there was no plan behind it or anything so you just basically said yeah let's just give a goblin her own game yeah yeah essentially the, the idea was make a shorter game and the next step was why not make uh another dungeon rummage game and from there why not make something that involves the dungeon itself since we're in the same world anyway so people been telling me they preferred like turn-based combat um another isekai had like regular maps for the dungeon and turn-based combat at first but i removed them because combat was never supposed to be the focus so my idea was to make a smaller game that features this um, type of regular map exploration and turn-based combat and include a new character that's gonna be in the main game too then so that's how i came up with the game idea and i mean what better dungeon dweller could there be but a goblin right i mean probably yeah yeah i see your point i see your point with the goblins why not a goblin so goblins are iconic everybody <laughs> knows goblins definitely <laughs> do you <clears throat> well what's your next game planned then if isekai is still ways away do you want to uh, share a little bit of hold that of you or... to assume i have a plan <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe you have. If you, if you don't I, have one, I, <laughs> you can make I one do. up on the spot. I, it's just <laughs> I do have a game in the works, actually, that's um, not supposed to be part of the Dungeon Rummage franchise, but rather a 
separate, just a little roguelike game, also featuring turn-based combat, but I have no idea where I'm going with that yet. It's just a, a rough hell so far. Um, what I could do, of course, the idea is, of course, to make more games like Tiki's Escape, so I could make background games for all of the characters. Like I, like my orc character, Thas, could have a game where he's, I don't know, on a drunken rage across the city. Who knows? I don't know. But it, it's possible to make games as background story for all the characters and give the player like some bonus content when they um, buy the game or beat the game to show my appreciation for their support of the franchise. It's like a good idea. Did you... Um, so you've, you've been reaching out to streamers and to content creators to present your game a little bit, right? Um, I've, I've been going around like, a, yeah. how do you say in English? Like, like a whore in a whorehouse. <laughs> I, I wasn't about to say that. Uh, I, I would have said like, uh, uh, like how we say in Germany, a Türklinkenputzer. Like essentially you go around from door to door. <laughs> a, and a, a door salesman. Trying try to sell the... Um, <laughs> yeah, a, a, door, sell, a door like salesman. Door. Yeah, just like that. I, I've been watching around Twitch and looking who's either streaming RPG Maker content or in the games and demos category or who's just who just seemed open to the idea of uh dreaming random indie or rpg maker games i mean yeah. you've been a victim to that too <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm always the victim here but what what i'm more interested in not who's the victim but i'm more interested in what were your experiences experience with or what was your experience when reaching out to content creators uh, uh and asking them did it was it like negative sometimes was it very positive what what did you have as an experience of going around like a door salesman trying to sell your game to the mm. unwashed masses <laughs> the experience was actually pretty great so that means either i was very good at picking the streamers and just knew they would go say yes or i don't know maybe i was just lucky but pretty much everyone i asked streamed the game at one point um they have been welcoming and open to the idea and everyone pretty much thanked me for just going into the stream and just boldly asking if it was a possibility so that was great like as i said literally everyone agreed to stream it i had none that said no or said screw you get the fuck out of here or anything none like that that's actually pretty cool and i'm happy to hear that because at the moment the twitch community is a bit in an uproar uh what is considered self promotion and what is not considered something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was afraid of that because of of course me going into the stream as a first time viewer most of the time and just going around saying, Hey, stream my game <laughs> is pretty much self-advertising um it is but i tried to word it in a funny way like i wouldn't just go there and just say stream my game no no i i would read the the streamers uh about page like this one guy had um a page in there about me where it said he loves dogs and he has dogs so what i did my first message was that i also love dogs and here play my game 
game, so he found that funny um, that I took the effort to like get to know the streamer before I just blatantly asked him to stream my game. <laughs> so that's what I considered like the least amount of effort I could do to the streamer in order to like get on their good side and not just blatantly ask like a fucking bammer. I think that's that's also how you go about it. Essentially, like you go in there, you get to know the person a little bit, and then you're like, hey, I'm working on a game. If you wanna, if you want to uh, show exactly, it, I'll exactly. give you a key and whatnot, and that's that's the thing. Exactly. I didn't I didn't want to sugarcoat it or anything. Mm. I I did always boldly just ask in their dream chat. I didn't send them an email or anything took the long route i always ask in their dream chat directly and i didn't sugarcoat it but i i made the effort to interact with them before i ask a little bit and i also make sure that i frequent all of the streams of people who stream my game so they also have the benefit of having another like viewer another follower sometimes even another subscriber on twitch so why not it's a it's a mutual benefit in the end of the day definitely so um if you would go if you if you think about your guerrilla style kind of marketing like going out there being the door salesman that you are would you say it's been a success oh definitely it's been a huge success um i don't i don't even know of any other way how do you really do it unless you got like a huge budget i even tried running a google ads campaign that was completely pointless i spent like 60 dollars for i think two weeks it was to have the tiki trailer uh show up as an ad on youtube and there was not a single click that came from that so that was useless that <laughs> was wasted money whereas when i went around to the streamers i got so many uh clicks i got sales from it i made new friends obviously it, it has been a huge success okay that's good to hear it's been a huge success I feel these guerrilla kind of tactics, as you call it, might even be the best bet you have, especially if you're making RP maker games. We all know um, the stigma those kind of games have. And if you go around and, and talk to people personally, it's always going to leave a better first impression than just posting your game on itch.io or, or Steam and just never say anything. Um, you can also, of course, use uh, social media like Twitter. That's what I'm doing. Like, like posting things using the the hashtags the screenshot saturdays and so on that's also helpful but i think the bigger success was the streamers in in total so you can i mean you you're very meticulous i know that because you've gave me some keys for tiki as a giveaway for charity and you said you're gonna track those so the interesting part is you you're very meticulous i think did you see uh, any increased sales from going into the stream and can you track back yes i think those sales come from there uh not really not really um you don't have the ability to track it that much uh steam lets you uh steam shows you in which country purchase happens but other than that you can't really tell i know for sure one streamer gave me two sales on itch that uh i i only know that because they told me in chat though they they went and said oh yeah i bought it just now because it looked nice on the stream so that's the only two sales i absolutely know for sure they came from a stream the only other thing you can tell if uh on a certain day when your game is streamed and you have more views on the page 
than usual that's the only other way you can tell um what i meant by i'm tracking the keys i give away is essentially just me writing a name next to the key to remember who i gave it to because you have to request keys from steam in order to get them you cannot just like an itch you can just generate keys as much as you like you just click and you get a key on steam you gotta request them from the steam support and they can say no if you request too many so i only requested a few and to keep track of how many keys i have left to give away or so i track them in a text file but that's all you can do really okay that that's then i i <laughs> i thought wrong <laughs> that's okay so yeah, um it's okay though it's not not a big thing i mean it would be cool if i could track every single customer i mean i would probably shoot them an email and say thanks personally but of course you cannot do that because of, you know privacy reasons and things like that yeah i get that <clears throat> uh okay so if you you look back in your endeavor of game development mm -hmm. are you overall satisfied with the progress you've made and the growth as a developer mm, definitely yes yes when i first started out man you should have seen that the another isekai game was a hot mess like it was all over the place the database was all messed up the skills didn't display the right animations and whatnot it was horrible and if you play it right now it's a completely different game so i did grow a lot with the engine and as a developer too i think since i have since been exposed to public feedback and as we all know those are not always positive or even um or even night like there have been people that just straight up called it a garbage and whatnot and you learn very quickly to um not lash out at people if they do that because it shows you as unprofessional so all you do is just take it on the chin and move on <clears throat> and i think i grew a lot from that what what is the what is the worst feedback you've gotten where you said dude you didn't pay attention at all worst feedback um in terms of not paying attention i don't think there is any because my games are not really complicated so there was no feedback like uh this is too hard or i didn't understand or this is this is bad design where someone maybe just missed a tutorial or anything that actually didn't happen um what did happen was someone made a video um about tiki's escape and called it pretty 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 much garbage and i was a closet pervert and pretty much everyone who played the game and liked it is also a pervert <laughs> and stuff like that so it was horrible there have been some points of critique in there which i also went ahead and fixed. like um the jumping events in the game have been pretty rough like beginner level jumping events i improved those and some other things i could extract from that horrible review um which is what you you're supposed to do even if the the person reviewing your game calls you a fucking pervert or a dickhead or whatever you go ahead and you ignore all that and you look for actual things to improve despite of that did he really call you a pervert because you you took a a goblin as a main uh, character yes 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 literally then um, he went and compared it to uh, the goblin slayer anime and how uh, a goblin fetishist and i was living out my goblin 
fantasies with this game. Yeah. <laughs> Just horrible accusations like that. And yeah, but what can you do? It's it's the internet. People are going to be like that. And all you can do or all you should do is like not lash out. What I did, um, I did tell the person that I did not appreciate the personal attacks and that he can hate the game all he wants. That's his good right. But yeah, that I didn't um, appreciate the personal attacks. But that's all I said. Um, because in the end of the day, if you lash out at the peoples and call them a dickhead too um it only makes you look bad in the end and it ruins your reputation yeah that is also true but on on the other hand i think that some stuff is really not warranted really, of course it's not, really but what not. can you do what what, what can you yeah, yeah what, do what against can... that's the thing <laughs> You can't do anything, obviously, but yes, that's, that's... it's like, it's a, it's a catch 22 in the end. Like if you yell at them, they yell back and then you, I mean, I'm on your side, just don't address it and just won't. Yeah. That's it. all you can do. Yeah. Grow from it. And someone told me the best thing you can do to get back at those horrible people is to be successful anyway. So what helped me just ignoring all this horrible shit he said, um, is looking at my sales charts and see that people literally everyone else except for like those one or two people who didn't like the game actually liked it and many people bought the game and have been uh, satisfied with it so i can go ahead and say let this guy talk whatever he wants to i'm successful anyway that is that is how it should be yes, that's all you can do and that helps a lot yeah anyway okay so is there anything that you want to tell the audience about Dungeon Rummage Tiki's Escape and Dungeon Rummage Another Isekai before we move on to the game industry talk? I don't think there's much to say other than go to Steam, buy the game. <laughs> there's also, of course, a demo available for each of them. And other than that, man, just go and check it out yourself. Uh, Tiki's Escape is like $3. And yeah, that's that's less than a big coffee in most cases. So if you want to check it out, just go check it out. That's fair. Okay. So if you look in the, at the gaming industry in general, what's your most hated trend that is currently going on in the gaming industry oh oh god god thank goodness this is a relatively simple question <laughs> i'm not very versed in the general industry i can say i hate how there's no real new game coming out like in the triple a scene it's always the same there's either remasters and more remasters and remasters and there's games like like fifa and stuff like that that's essentially the same game every every year and people buy that stuff and are happy with it and i absolutely hate how there's nothing new nobody wants to innovate new mechanics anymore or, or new adventures it's always the same look at assassin's creed that's essentially the same game no matter which one you pick up hmm. i mean the yeah, story it's... is different of course no it's a, it's a different age and different era but the gameplay is always the same there yeah. is non-challenging combat and there is this parkour thing which is also always the same and you pay 60 to 70 bucks every game to experience pretty much the same thing again that is uh very interesting and a very good point you sorry um <laughs> i had worry. to sneeze uh, so 
You're basically not a fan of the yearly release cycle. Uh, I'm I'm not a fan of releasing the same thing. You can even see that in my I mean, games too. I mean, like, it's 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 part and parcel of the year, yearly release cycle, especially when it comes to Assassin's Creed, because they can't really make a new, in quotation marks, game because the production is so big. They have to yeah. just churn their shit out. to yeah, they to... just milk the same thing every year. And yeah, exactly. Boring. Exactly. And that's what we, uh, or that we are in agreement there. We don't need this. I want to see new things. Like back in the day when you picked up a new game, it was a new experience. It was completely different from, from anything else you played as a kid. At least it, it was in my case. Yeah, that I mean, I I see where this comes from. I mean, they have been kind of like, uh, how do you say? They have been. They have been also a little bit similar. I mean, sure, sure. You will always have similarities in in some yeah, way, shape, or form. Of course. The that the fun part is if you if you look at, for example, the Super Nintendo era. Um, and to emphasize what you're saying, Capcom used to put out a lot of good stuff during the Super Nintendo era. And for example, they put out Demon's Crest, which is an underrated masterpiece. And if anybody disagrees with me, I will fight them. I think I actually know Demon's Crest. And they also put out Mega Man. Same oh, concepts, yeah, 2D side-scrolling no games, yes. but fundamentally different in the way yes. how they feel and play. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what I mean. They are the same genre. That's not a problem but demon's crest is this dark thing and i think it also played a little bit slower than mega man if i remember correctly it's been a long time <laughs> i've never liked mega man but i did play demon's crest and i liked it as a kid yes uh, because they are so different i'm i'm just i'm just uh saying this is this is your point and i get it Yes, and this is pretty the, much the point. Yeah. So, and if you look at Assassin's Creed, it's just a different time period and a different story. And if you remember what happened with Assassin's Creed Unity, for example, and how buggy that was at launch, because people have, like, no... Uh, brain capacity whatsoever these days to remember stuff like that so yeah actually i didn't i didn't hear about that because i stopped playing assassin creed games altogether. i played one and two and i did play black flag because everyone said it was so good but in my opinion it was just as garbage as the other one and i didn't play unity and i didn't play any of the other ones because I feel they are the same game. The story isn't even different. It's literally just a time period. The story is always you play the assassin guy and you go against the Templar guys. That that's it. That's the story. I I personally think that the that Black Flag was the last entry that really added to the formula with the ships and sailing around and doing stuff and it, yeah, that's being true. A pirate. Um, the setting was cool because it was like pirate themed but ultimately the gameplay wasn't that different for me uh i even beat the the entire game like the story part the main story part i never upgraded my ship not even one i would get this this stupid fucking warning in every mission that my ship wasn't upgraded enough but ultimately it didn't matter the game was so easy that you could just do it without ever upgrading your ship that that's the I mean, that's... I didn't i didn't hunt the the legendary ships or anything because 
because I wasn't interested in that. But yeah, that, that's the only cool thing. I like the sea chanties and, and the, the naval combat was pretty, pretty cool too. But that's about it. And it's not even that big part of a game of, of the game itself. Yeah, no, I, I get you. So it's... I mean, I personally stand by what I said. It's like the last that added something to the formula. And yeah. I personally I, enjoyed I it despite the shortcomings. But I agree. Yeah. I, I did enjoy it too. It's not that I absolutely hated it. I mean, I, I finished the game after mm. all, but it wasn't enough to make me want to also play the other Assassin's Creed game. Yeah, that is true. I, I completely understand. So if we, if we, if we talk about uh, the gaming industry and how how do you personally feel as a, let's say, indie developer, because you are an indie developer after all, um, do, do you feel like you, you are empowered as an indie developer or do you feel like there should be more because it's easier to distribute your own game. It's easier to make your own game after all. Um, what does empowered mean? What do you mean by empowered? I mean, empowered, I feel it means that you feel like you're in charge. You're in control of your own stuff. Because as you know, the gaming industry, it took a long time until it opened up really for really small projects and developers to get somewhere i am or... okay okay if you're talking about that yes um i'm absolutely in charge of my own project i mean i'm the only one working on them who else is in charge but me and there are a lot of tools to get your games out too i mean there's itch there's a uh, game jolt um and those are great you can just put your game up there it's absolutely free um on the flip side though it also kills a lot of projects because nowadays there's so many small indie games that the market is absolutely full of them like even steam if you put your game out there with um without doing any advertisement at all nobody is gonna see your game just because there are so many that it's just gonna not gonna be seen but you absolutely are in charge of your own fate i would say like you you can go around make a game you can go around advertise it and can go around and get it out there um i mean with steam you gotta pay this a hundred dollar fee to get it up there but steam is also the biggest platform so there's that but you have all the tools at your disposal to get um successful that's what i meant okay what uh is the biggest or what was the biggest struggle for you as a game developer so far uh, in, in terms of like making the game or in terms just... of everything in terms of everything in terms of being a game developer in terms of making a game in terms of trying to promote the game like the the biggest struggle you have faced mm, the biggest struggle i would say i would say getting started like not making the game making the game especially if you're like an rpg maker developer is not like that hard of course you've got to dedicate a lot of time and effort still but it's definitely easier than let's say making a game in unreal engine of course so getting started i mean getting started with everything that's not making the game like advertise getting into the right communities like discords and and websites and whatever forums perhaps i think that was the biggest struggle like where do you start where how do you contact people which people should you contact which people should you avoid and stuff like that i think just overall getting started in 
this whole indie development scene is, I think, was the biggest struggle for me because I didn't use any social media before that point. I literally made that Twitter account just for the game. I, I have no Facebook and no other social media and I never did that for. So that was a big struggle. <laughs> How do you use these hashtags? What is a screenshot Saturday? And, and should you post the same things every week or should you always make new things like this whole ordeal of getting your name out there without spending money probably is a big part for many indie devs as well, i would say that can be a struggle i know that i know that all too well as a content creator yes like of course yeah so <clears throat> let me take you back a little <laughs> <laughs> it is it is a hot summer afternoon. Eh? Mm -hmm. It is the late eighties, early nineties, or let's say for <laughs> you the early nineties and mid nineties. Yeah, because you're All a little right. bit younger than I am. So you <clears throat> you have some allowance money from your parents. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have an ice cold Coca Cola. Nobody of your friends wants to go out and play, by the way, because it's just too hot. So you decide to stay inside. Um, mm -hmm. and you go down to Videoland if you remember that. Uh, I think I heard that before. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's it's um a video rental store here yeah, in Germany. Yeah, it's one of those. Yeah, one of those things. Yeah. Yeah, and. Uh, like I said, you have some allowance money, you have your, you, you, you can buy a bag of chips maybe. And what is the game that you rent on this hot summer day afternoon? Well, that would mean I was pretty young back then. So it would have probably been either uh, like a Zelda Game Boy game, perhaps, or like Donkey Kong or something like that, I would say. I think I only had a Game Boy back in the day. <laughs> when I was this young. So it's probably gonna be a Zelda game or one of the Donkey Kong games that have been out at the time. I've always been a huge Zelda fan after all. Who isn't a big Zelda fan? I know, right? Everyone like at least yeah. some of them game. I, I, I bet there are people out there who don't like Zelda. I can already see them in the comments. <laughs> I don't like Zelda and so you shouldn't I as well. I don't like Zelda, yes. I am special. I don't like Zelda. <laughs> So, what's your favorite game of all time? Favorite game of all time? That is such a simple question, but it's so hard to answer. All time. Probably, if I really had to pick, I would say Legends of Dragoon, I think. That is a choice that you don't hear often in these kinds of questions but i approve I mean, yeah i mean i could say final fantasy but nah I'm, I'm not big on that really i i i like legends of dragoon because it was not final fantasy it was similar but a lot different at the same time so it, it, it stuck out more to me than any final fantasy game i played very so if you look back uh, as a game developer which game have you played and then you said this game I want to make one of those. Which game did get you into game development? <laughs> um, there's two two answers to that, actually. Um, the game that brought me to this whole RPG maker thing was Dunkle Schatten Deluxe, um, which was a German RPG maker game, as you heard, <laughs> uh, made by Alexander Koch, a.k.a. Marlek, uh, the same dude that also made the uh, Vampire's Dawn trilogy. So that, that that's what brought me to this whole RPG maker thing it was in a in one of those pc magazines like the which which had the cds with those games on it was the the green fun magazine and 
this magazine had this game on and I found it so cool. So I looked it up, how it was made, and then I came whole RPG maker thing. But I didn't really, as I said, I didn't really make anything for a long time. And what made me make Dungeon Rummage was a similar game uh, called Dungeon Dreams, which is also on Steam, which is literally the answer to your question. What made me make this game is actually Dungeon Dreams. <laughs> I liked it a lot and I thought to myself, maybe I can make a game like that, but better. So those two games, it would be. And you took up the task. That's nice. Yes. Okay. So, talking about video games, what is the scariest experience you had while playing a video game? It doesn't necessarily have to be the game itself. Scary experience? What could be a scary experience playing a game? I mean, other than, I don't know, playing a horror game, perhaps. Be a horror game that you played that scared the living daylights out of you. It can be something that happened while you were playing a game. Maybe somebody tried <laughs> to break into your apartment. Who knows? <laughs> okay, so anything, really. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, I'm, I don't, I'm not big on horror games. I don't play horror. I don't like horror. What was scary back in the day was actually when uh, my brother and me had a PlayStation 1 and we would go and play uh, Legends of Dragoon together. And we were so addicted that we woke up extra early, like 2 a.m., 3 a.m. in the morning, and we would play the game. Um, we were not allowed, of course, so the scary part was every time my mom woke up in the morning um, <laughs> and we tried to be extra silent so she didn't find out. And her, her bedroom was right next to my brother's um, room, so <laughs> that was scary. I, I made a similar joke to another guest of the podcast where I said my scariest gaming experience was playing my Game Boy at night under the blanket because <laughs> if my mom would have called me, I'd be in really big shit. Yeah, exactly. That, that's, fuck. That, that's the scariest of all the gaming. I agree. <laughs> so, since you haven't listened to, to one of my podcasts, I can still ask you the question. It's gonna be fun. You are in front of the United Nations. To speak on behalf of all the video games, what are you going to tell the United Nations about video games? <laughs> oh my god, what kind of question is that? Um, fuck. There, is there a specific topic or can I say anything? You can say anything, really. Man, if we're on the joke side, I would probably say video games do not cause violence and then just drop the mic and get off the stage. <laughs> that's fair. So if you... Uh, no, that's it. We're actually... At our time limit and we swam swam through pretty well actually so yeah if you actually made it oh my yeah. god yeah but there's one last thing is there anything you want to ask me uh i don't think so i mean i'm watching all your streams pretty much there's nothing i could ask <laughs> i've seen everything i've seen everything you perverted <laughs> orc slut you okay exactly <laughs> then i will close the show here any famous last words any famous last words uh play my games <laughs> Those are, the true, the, those are the true words of a developer. Okay. And that's been the Orpicast. Right. Thank you everyone for listening. And I bid everyone a farewell. Bye-bye. Yeah. See ya.